everybody. Welcome back to Go Call Your Sister. I'm here with my sister. Hi, Allie. How you doing? Hi, Bird. I'm good. I am good. I'm glad that the day is over. I feel like this has been a crazy, crazy day. This has been like the craziest week for me, honestly, and I too am glad this day is over. Yeah, I feel like there's just a lot happening in all aspects of my life. I'm like, can one part just chill the fuck out for like two seconds? Yeah, you do have a lot going on. I felt that way this week as well. But a lot of it is by choice. Like I will acknowledge the reason I feel so chaotic is by choice. And now I have to like suffer through the consequences of that. Well, I love that we're both coming to the table tonight with some cosmetic upgrades. What's yours? Oh, um, can you not tell that my lips are swollen to the high heavens? Honestly, no. They just look super luscious. Did you get lip filler today? <laughs> Yesterday. Well, I was so I'm having like a little bit of a glow up week, except for all of it has gone wrong, except for my hair. I was supposed to get my lip flip redone. I've never done filler, but I do the lip flip, which we know that Allie has not had success with the lip flip, but I've been getting the lip flip for like three years and I was supposed to get it done yesterday and the girl had to cancel it because her son got sick and then I was supposed to do something else. What was it? Oh, my tattoo removal. I had to reschedule that. So now that's going to be tomorrow. But I did get my hair done today and I feel like a brand new woman. It feels super like light. I got my blonde refreshed. It's short. Not really that much shorter than it was before because I, I went short in April, but we trimmed off some of my dead ends. So it just feels very like full and yeah, and maybe it's, it's like more layered or tapered. I don't know. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We did a little haircut, a little snazzy cut. Yeah. It looks good. I like it. Um, how is Tulum? Yes. So I have gotten messages about Tulum on Instagram of people saying um, they- Would you like to share with the class about your trip? (laughs) People saying they can't wait to hear the updates on the podcast, which makes me happy because that means people are listening to the podcast. But yes, I did go to Tulum with my ex-boyfriend, Kynan, who we all know. And yeah, that's what I did. And it's really funny because I recorded it right before we left, but I didn't say who I was going with. Because at first I was like, do I tell people who I'm with or do I just like not post anything? But then it's like so weird because people are going to know that I'm not like running around Tulum by myself. Like I am a traveler, but I'm not a solo traveler, you know? Well, you really didn't beat around the bush. I mean, it was a hard launch on TikTok, Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to post anything, and then I post everything, but that's just my life. Like, I like to share it. I don't like to gatekeep what I'm doing or who I'm with. But yeah, it was sort of a last-minute decision, obviously a full send. But at the end of the day, like, Kynan, while he might be my ex-boyfriend, is my favorite travel partner, like one of them, because he's one of the only travel partners I have in my life who doesn't run me to the ground, and I actually feel like I get a vacation when I'm with him. I feel like that's a personal attack. It kind of is. Yeah, that's like a direct subtweet to you as well. Um, Well, good thing we don't have any trips together. (laughs) But I honestly like – but that's what I'm saying. If it was like a family trip or if it was me and you or even like me and Perry, I don't think I would have gone because I would have been like, okay, this is going to be like a a full send and we're going to do a lot of activities. But we literally just laid on the beach, got massages, and drank juices all day. That was it. Love that. Love that for you. 
Yeah, he's also like just one of my favorite travel partners and he's so easy for me to travel with. So it's like, why not go to my favorite place with one of my favorite travel partners? I like to keep it interesting. Something that's really interesting is when you do decide to go on a trip with your ex-boyfriend and then you also decide to post on your story, people really freak the fuck out. And my story was shared like, I think it was shared like over a thousand times in my DMs on my insights. Wow. Like, why can't you guys show me this love when I have like an ad for brands? People really care about your life. It was super interesting. But yeah, great trip and happy to have been in the sun for a little bit. Um, well, I am actually myself packing. Well, technically I haven't started and I need to because it is 8.15 at night and I'm leaving at 5.40 in the morning. Um, I'm going to Chicago for the weekend. And then from there, I'm going to New York on a girl's trip. That's really fun. Who's all going to New York? It's So it's the OG roommates from when we first moved to Nashville. It's me and Lindsay and Vivian and our friend Palmer that moved there. So yeah, I've been preparing for those trips this week. I've, I'm in the process of selling my car. Um, I have about a billion and one things happening with work right now. I'm also trying to figure out my life since I have to move out of this house by August 1st. So Wait, I didn't even know you were selling your car. Oh, yeah. I guess I haven't really talked to you. But yes, I am selling my car. Are you buying a new car? Um, I am, yes. Wow. Do you already know what you're getting? Um, I don't know yet. I have no idea. As someone who just recently purchased a car, I know the stress of trying to get that done. So luckily for me, dad sold my car randomly while I was living in Hawaii, so I didn't have to deal with that part. Dad and I had a lot of back and forth this week about my car title um, because he was convinced he gave it to me. And um, I I knew that I didn't have it, but I was thinking that maybe I did. And so I tore up my entire house, closets, (laughs) car, looking for it. Dad texted me today and thankfully he has it, but it would have been nice to know early on. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I don't even know where my car title is and I just got my car. So, Well, I recommend figuring it out because- No, I think dad has it. Go ahead and get it from him. (laughs) So yeah, needless to say, I've had a lot of moving parts this week. But in the midst of all the craziness, I was excited to get a very happy package from Joyous. I also got a happy package from Joyous and so did our mom. So as you guys know, Joyous Non-Alcoholic Wine is one of our amazing sponsors at Go Call Your Sister. And y'all, this is so cute. Like I have to share this because I almost cried today. So they sent their summer influencer um, packages out for their sober summer. And it's so cute. We got two bottles of their rosé, the cutest like popsicle molds so we can make mm-hmm. rosé pops and a t-shirt and just some goodies. And they sent one to our mom. And guys, this was her first. So something about Christy is she loves to open my influencer packages. Like when I was in Italy, she would open my packages that I would get and then like video hauls and be like, bird, I'm going to open this package now. And she's like, here's a skincare item. Here's a moisturizer. When you were in Italy, every time I would go home, mom's like, do you want some skincare? Do you want a phone (laughs) case? Do you want (laughs) all these things? Yeah. And so she would love to like unbox my influencer stuff. So when Joyous sent her her own influencer box, I literally could have cried. And mom, like mom is a dream influencer. She already had a photo shoot. Did you see the pictures? Oh, immediately. Dad was the photographer. (laughs) (laughs) my mom had a full photo shoot in the backyard with her joyous shirt on and her two bottles of rosé and like she's ready 
It's so cute. Like we will put this on our story so you guys can see it. But it is so cute. She did such a good job. Like she's a dream influencer. Like send them a package and then the next day you have content. Like who does that? Wait, we need to make it our mission to make mom an influencer. Literally, I'm going to start telling brands when they send me packages like, hey, if you're looking for like a little bit of an older demographic, I have a really close friend who's an influencer. It's also my mom. (laughs) She'd be so good though. Like she loves everything and she takes really good photos. She really does. You know, it'd be so cute What if anyone is listening to this and they work for a brand and they send influencer packages, DM us and we will send you our mom's address and she will create fire. How cute would that be? She'd make the most fire content. If people just started sending her packages, like we didn't tell her like what it was coming from. Well, she's going to listen to this episode. Okay. Well, still, it'd be so cute if mom starts getting like a bunch of packages. That'd be so cute. Honestly, maybe I'll start making packages and sending them to her just because I would like love to see her reaction, like receiving a bunch of things. Well, mom, get ready. You're about to receive some packages. Yeah. Mission for the rest of the year is to make KB an influencer. Like she deserves it so much. And forget about the go call your sister Instagram, which also needs some love. Um, We're really (laughs) focusing on KB. Yeah, we're focusing our efforts now to make our mom a momfluencer. So there's like two people on the earth that are professionally trained to take photos of me and it's mom and Kynan. And so like I got great photos because when I'm with one of them, I always get good pics. <laughs> you know what? I gave it my best in Joshua Tree, so. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was another direct, that was an indirect subtweet to you. Yeah, I'm about over this conversation with you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I don't even hate on me a little bit more. <laughs> guys, we were in Joshua Tree recently, as you guys know, and we were at the most beautiful Airbnb. And I was like, oh my gosh, the pictures are going to be great. I had some ads that were due. And I crank out these fire photos of Allie. You can actually go to her Instagram and see them um, because they were so good. Like I was on the ground. I was rolling around in the gravel. I too was on the ground. I took a knee. I <laughs> I was bleeding because I stabbed myself with the cactus that was next to the the cowboy cold plunge yeah, tub. That is true. That's true. Um, and then, guys, like not even two minutes later, I go to the exact same spot. Allie has the exact same phone. The lighting is the exact same. And the pictures were so bad. Like, I can't even describe it to you guys. It was it was almost like we had taken them 12 hours apart and she had a, she had an Android. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's not my thing. Sorry. I'm good at a lot of things, but iPhone photography is not one of them. Do you ever get tired of like capturing content? Well, considering it pays all of my bills, no, <laughs> because otherwise I would have no money. I mean, I just want people to know that like who maybe like look at influencers and they're like, oh, I really want to be one or like, God, oh, it looks so easy. It is fucking hard. Like you're constantly shooting content. It's a grind. I am not. I feel like I have a really good balance of present and content. Like there are some people that I've seen on trips who literally like are fully there only for content. I feel like I do a good job of like I capture content, but I post later. I'm not like in the moment trying to post or like edit. I have like the best structure that I can possibly have. I have that. I just think that people don't think about that, you know? No, definitely. Like people definitely don't give people enough credit in the influencer field but yeah it is tough to be present and that's why I like to do like influencer events or like brand trips because that's what everyone's doing so like no one's judging you and then everyone's like kind of doing the same thing 
Yeah, that's true. I actually have an exciting announcement that I haven't even told you um, because it just happened last night, but I'm going on a brand trip. This is like my first brand trip where they're flying me out and I haven't been on one before and I was manifesting it. You guys know I've been manifesting this, but um, I'm going to Sonoma, this really cute hotel for their summer solstice event. Allie, it's so your vibe. They're having like Reiki masters, yoga, meditations. It's like everything that we love and I wish you could come, but I'm going to take our cousin Olivia as my plus one because she, like I told you guys last week, is interning for my company. It's kind of a good way for her to see like different parts of California. I obviously need someone to come with me because I need help doing content and I don't want to go by myself. So I'm really excited about that because I just found out that I'm going yesterday. Um, well, that's amazing. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a great trip. Um, I can go ahead and just concur that I will never be invited on an influencer trip. <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> um, cool, cool. Okay. If I could bring a plus two and like one is just for like to have fun and not do any content, like just to be there, it would be you for sure. <laughs> But yeah, my plus one would always have to be like Perry or mom or someone who could take good photos. But, you know, we'll see. We all have our talents. Right. All right. Well, anyway, so excited for you. That's a great trip. Um, What's something that you're loving this week? Oh, my gosh. So this is super random. And I actually shared about this on my Instagram story yesterday. But I went to the 99 cent store, which absolutely slaps in San Diego. Like I got all of our outdoor pillows. You saw them at my house, like these beautiful pillows that look like they'd be at Oxford Floral. If you guys are familiar with that in Oxford, they're so nice at the 99 cent store. They have like tigers on them and all this colors. So I went the other day and I got these extra large mason jars And I'm now a coffee at home girl because I was spending literally hundreds of dollars on my Starbucks obsession. Like I had to cut back. It was just getting way too out of hand. And um, now I'm a coffee at home girl and I have my big mason jars because I make my little Nespresso and then I put it in the mason jars and it makes me feel like very aesthetic and it's really cute. So that's something like very random that I've been loving this week. It's a small pleasure. Yeah. Also, something else that I've been loving is all of the new reviews that we've had coming in on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Reviews are everything for us. It's the way that we can help more people find our podcast. It's the best way to support us. So don't forget to leave reviews because we love it and it's super easy. It takes like five seconds and honestly makes my day. Like Sometimes the reviews honestly make me tear up. I know. They're so sweet. They make me so happy. Well, and it's so nice to know that people are actually like listening and that they love the content. Definitely. Unless you're going to leave a negative review, then just like, you know. Yeah. Get out of here. Keep keep on with your day. What about you? Um, What have I been loving this week? Um, Oh, I've gone into a new show that I really like. Um, The last thing he told me. I haven't heard of that. It's Jennifer Garner and it's a Hello Sunshine show. So obviously it's going to be good. Um, but I've gotten really into that this week and I've been loving it. I need a new show. Like I'm not a show watcher and I'm always complaining about needing a new show, but I like do absolutely zero on that side of effort to find one. Um, I usually just like wait until someone in our family raves a lot about a show and then I watch it kind of like Daisy Jones. That's like the last show I watched. Yeah. Well, it's made by the same company. So 
Also, like, I have a deep issue that, like, if I'm in bed at night and someone presses play on a movie or a TV show, I will sleep. So it's, like, hard for me to get into shows because, like, I just sleep. Like, I tried to watch House of Dragon a couple months ago with Kynan, and I watched, like, the first five minutes of every episode, but, like, nothing else. We have selective narcolepsy because we will fall asleep, like me, you, and mom, as soon as like any show starts to play. So it's honestly a wonder that I have <laughs> a new show. Um, but I did. I fall. I fall asleep in parts of it and have to like rewind it because I'll wake up. But it's really good. Literally, we watched a movie two nights ago as roommates, and I fell asleep. And it was Ocean's Eight. Like I've seen it so many times, and I was also so dead because I came home from. Mexico in the middle of the night on Monday and then had to work Tuesday and Perry was mad at me for falling asleep but I've seen it so many times and like I just want to sleep and like people get so mad at me for falling asleep during movies but it's like I, most movies I've seen and I just I want to be a part of the vibe but I I also want to sleep. Yeah, I feel that deeply. Um okay, well, I think that you know, going off of our crazy weeks, it's honestly a miracle that this episode happened because everything <laughs> was against us. Um not just our schedules, but literally the technology. Guys, this episode, like, it honestly, it goes hand in hand that it's about astrology and, and about how, like, the moons and the time of the year and month can cause issues because everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, for some reason, I got cut out of the interview completely. I was unable to be <laughs> heard or seen. Um <laughs> Super awkward. Allie's computer froze like three or four times. And then at one point we just switched to audio only and her audio just like quit working. And she was texting me like, stop talking over me. But like no one could hear her. So I was like, Allie, like I'm just going to have to take this one the rest of the time by myself. And I was listening. So I was like typing in the chat like responding to things that Gina was saying. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. Allie was like live chatting the interview. And I was like, oh, and also Allie is a Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah. And even this intro, like us finding a time that actually works for the two of us is like an act of Congress. Well, I talked last week about my dedication to the intros, but it's okay if you want to travel and not bring your mic. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Moving on. <laughs> um, so... Speaking of the troubles with the interview, I think we may have lost the beginning. So just to recap the beginning, um, Gina Piccolo is an astrologist here in Nashville. And I actually went to an event where she spoke and so fascinated by everything that she was saying. It was so true, so spot on. Um, and I had actually been following her on Instagram for a while and I didn't realize she was here in Nashville, but she goes live like every week, I think on Sunday nights and does like a quick recap or a, a quick, uh, forecast of what's to come. And, um, so, and her story is really cool because she started out as a journalist and was doing a story on this all things woo woo, like astrology and manifesting and all the things. And then she actually like fell in love with astrology through that, which was ironic because she really set out to write this article, like making fun of it. Yeah, totally. I thought her story was so interesting. And I think this is a great episode because we've done episodes before that have referenced astrology, but I feel like we haven't done a deep dive into like questions that people have, like, what does this sign mean? What's an eclipse? Like things about astrology that everyone knows, like their basic sign, but then like a little bit deeper than that. I honestly didn't even have a lot of knowledge on it. 
Yeah, and it was nice to have someone actually like break it down because you hear all the time like, oh, Mars is in whatever. And you're like, what does that even mean? Or like, what's the difference between my sun and moon and rising and all the things? Yeah. So she really um, provided a lot of great detail and it's so applicable. And I mean, this year is a wild year astrologically. So I think it was perfect timing to have her on. Definitely. This was such a good episode. I love talking to Gina, especially since it was a one-on-one for more than half the interview, but she's so knowledgeable. She speaks so well. She knows her stuff. And I feel like you guys are going to learn a lot from this interview because I really did as well. Um, Yeah. So welcome, Gina, to Go Call Your Sister. I was like, so does this tie into um, what's going on in the technology world? Everything we were talking about, she was, I was just looking at my almanac to see what was up. So, No, no, it's not. But you know what? I've noticed in my chart, for example, the planet Mars is really, really prominent the way that it's transiting and showing up in my astrology. And so I almost feel like Mars is a real troublemaker. And if it's, you know, super present in a person's chart, then it can tend to create little things like this. So that's what I'm going to blame. Because I know the moon is is uh, squaring Mars right now. And so that might be the I mean, if I had to point to something, it would be probably be that. So since 2008, we have been, Pluto has been in the sign of Capricorn. And this is the signature we can look to, to describe a lot of the structural changes that we've seen happen in our culture, you know, things like um, the Black Lives Matter movement, things like Me Too, things like uh, that have challenged um, the institutions of our culture and forced us to look at what is toxic and rotten in those institutions. Those are the Pluto themes. Pluto is a big detox energy. Now, when Pluto moved into Aquarius in March, we just started to get a taste of just how scary technology can be as AI and its capabilities began to be very clear to us. Aquarius is very much about technology. Pluto is about the detox. So what we can expect moving forward into next year and beyond is in some ways a confrontation with how scary technology can be when we are not um, in our integrity with it, but also the profound ways technology can help us advance our culture. So that's just one little sliver of Pluto and Aquarius. Another big piece of Pluto and Aquarius that we'll probably experience is, um, you know, like the the writer's strike in Hollywood, I'm tying to Pluto and Aquarius as well. And the whole concept of, you know, all people, all of humanity having access to power. So power to the people is a very strong Pluto and Aquarius signature. And we can expect that to become even bigger as we move into next year and beyond. So that's just one major cultural shift. The other really big shift that happened in March was the planet Saturn finally left Aquarius and moved into Pisces. And this is why this year in particular, it's one of the reasons why 2023 is a very transitional year where in some ways we're recovering from the last, I'm going to say since 2017, the kind of um, heavy, not really fun 
issues that have come up since late 2017 up until this year, Saturn in Pisces is allowing us to soften some of the areas that have just been rigid and cold, you know, isolated and um, even sort of draconian. So Saturn in signs that it is very strong in Capricorn and Aquarius have dominated the last um, really six years. It was a signature of the Trump administration. It was the signature of the pandemic. And now that Saturn is in Pisces, we can expect the next two and a half years to have a little bit more focus on how can we bring some real structure and groundedness and integrity to areas that are more helpful to humanity. That's one way that we can look at Saturn in Pisces. And, you know, we not to get political, but the Biden administration's signature has been in some ways uh, bringing more support and services to people who aren't ne- needing them, you know, the needy, people who didn't have as much. So that's just one other piece. But overall, I'd say, you know, we're in a very dynamic year of change and transition. And so it's okay and normal to feel a little discombobulated and like you're trying to get your feet under you and you can't quite see which way is up just yet because we're completing one cycle and beginning a new cycle all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Definitely. That's so interesting. I feel like I felt that as well, especially going back to the technology and AI and kind of like integrity of technology. I feel like it's kind of crazy how everyday things that you hear about in the news tie back to astrology. Everyone talking about worrying about how AI is going to affect students. I was just talking about this with our intern yesterday um, at work, but it's just wild how so many things we hear about in the news and political and all these things do tie back to astrology. And I feel like a lot of people don't even realize that. Yeah, it's it's pretty I mean, I've been studying astrology for a very long time and the last 2 years have blown my mind as to how it's widely accepted and seriously it's being taken. Like mm-hmm. that's it's like no time in I mean, maybe the 60s would have been another time where it was like this, but you know, this is pretty remarkable that people are and I, I really attribute it to your generation and folks who are just a little bit older than you who are so open-minded about these kinds of things um, that are allowing serious conversation about astrology and the ways that it's reflecting our culture and the ways that it, you know, it can be used as a, a, a really powerful tool for bringing context to our experience personally, but also globally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So one thing that we wanted to touch on as well are the eclipses this year and what's happening with the eclipses. I really don't know as much about this as I'd like to, but what's going on and what does it mean for us? Well, so eclipses happen several times every year and they happen to go in cycles like everything in nature. Um, they they happen in the same area of sky um, for about 18 months. So from late, so November 2021 until the end of 
October of this year, we have had a series of eclipses in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio. And so the themes around those Taurus, Scorpio areas of your life have been kind of um, awakened. So eclipses in astrology are moments of reckoning. They are like supercharged new and full moons. That's basically what they are. And they they can be moments of of real um, you know dislodging things in our lives that need to be pulled off, need to be ended, need to be taken away, and they can bring in sudden big big changes that need to put us on a new path. So some astrologers describe eclipses as wormholes of change. You start one, you start in one place and by the end of the cycle of the eclipse, you are in a completely different place. So this year we are beginning a new series of eclipses in the signs of Aries and Libra. And so anyone that you know who is an Aries or a Libra is going through a really momentous period of personal growth and change, and in some cases, pretty profound crisis. And that is a signature for how eclipses work. So the new moon, the solar eclipse, is a moment of you know really epic new beginnings. It can just be, um, in some ways, it can be like a come to Jesus moment where you're like, oh my God, this is not working. I need to go in a new direction. And then the lunar eclipses can be these epic moments of catharsis, release, and purge. So whatever's been toxic in your life just gets pulled right off. And sometimes that process is really uncomfortable, but it's necessary for you to be able to move forward. So with eclipses in Aries and Libra, we're looking at the themes around Aries Libra. So we're looking at how do we assert ourselves? Where are we courageous? Where are we impulsive? Where do we need to individuate and take the lead? And what in our lives needs to be accelerated? Where do we have to be brave and take a risk to move forward? And then the piece of these eclipses that's asking us to let go are the Libra side, you know, where are we being overly uh, codependent? Like, where are we being too reliant on someone else? And where are we being too um, indecisive and needing everybody's opinion? Um, you know, the the place that the eclipse wants us to explore is that Aries area. At the same time that we're dealing with this Aries Libra, we're also resolving this Taurus Scorpio crisis where, you know, finding a place of security, stability, and even simplicity and letting go of this long period of crisis and, um, and difficulty and suffering, which is really a characteristic of having been through the the pandemic, and now kind of coming into a space this year that feels good, stable. We're able to enjoy ourselves a little bit more. It doesn't always have to be about survival, you know? So those are both going on this year. Wow. That is so incredible. I just, I feel like that's one part of astrology that I've never looked deeply into, but it makes so much sense in all the different aspects of our lives. Yeah. Also, my sister, um, just briefly, her audio is is not working. So I'm just going to finish the rest of the interview. She's okay. listen, she's listening. She just can't talk. So Allie, 
sorry about the issues, but <laughs> we're going to proceed forward and just blame this on Mars for sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so I want to jump ahead a couple questions really quickly before we okay. dive back in, because I feel like to actually understand astrology, one thing that people talk about a lot is obviously your moon rising and sun sign. And right. I also feel like a lot of people don't know exactly what that is. So what is it and what do they mean and how do we understand what we have in our personal charts? Well, the cool thing is that you can get, you know, any millions of apps or free websites that can help you calculate your chart based on your birth time. But what, you know, the sun, moon and rising describe three key facets of the personality. And they're based on specifically where and specifically when you were born. So it, it really uses your specific location. Um, the sun sign is, you know, basically your overarching purpose in life. It describes your general, um, the, your general nature, you know, the way, the, the lens through which you see your experience is your sun sign. It's, it's, uh, a key way that your ego expresses itself. It's the way that you, um, you know, kind of what you see as your most important achievement, you know, what you want to seek out and achieve has a lot to do with the sign that your son was in. It's also the sun sign also describes our relationship to our fathers and our, our masculine side, you know, the part of us that is more, um, you know, characteristically masculine. The moon sign is your inner life. It's your private self. It's the way that you emote. So it's, it's the quality of your emotions and how you express your emotions, your relationship to emotion, whether you like to be emotional or not. And it's also the way that you were nurtured as a child. And it describes your experience of your childhood. It describes your relationship with your mother and your whole concept of nurturing and motherhood. It's the way you take care of yourself. And then the rising sign is the um, the sign that was on the horizon when you were born and it describes the outward expression of self. So the kind of clothes that you prefer, the kind of, um, personality that people notice first, you know, when you are at a, uh, get to know you kind of interview, the rising sign is taking charge. When you are super vulnerable and sick, you're usually in your moon sign, um, yeah. So does that give you a sense? Yeah, that's very interesting. I'm curious, what is your chart if you don't mind sharing with us? So I'm a, an Aquarius and I have a Pisces moon and Leo rising. Do you know your big three? Yes, I do. I'm a Pisces and I have a Virgo moon and a Cancer rising. Oh, wow. So that's, um, watery, you know, that cancer, cancer moon is actually its home sign. You probably already know this, but it's, it's most comfortable in the sign of cancer. Mm -hmm. So Allie's a Sag sun, Aries moon and Aries. Wow. So that Allie, you are like super fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you look at the elements too, that each one of those is in and it can give you a, a real sense of how you move through the world. So where your sister is like, you know, 
fiery, needs to move, needs a lot of activity. Um, mm-hmm. Your water part <laughs> of you and earth, you're a lot different in that you probably need a little bit more, you know, one-on-one time, a little bit more time, um, you know, recovering even from social Definitely. activity. Definitely. Yeah. So that that fire is a little bit more active and even social than the water earth signature. Absolutely. I feel like anyone who's listening to this is like, this is spot on. That definitely describes us. And (laughs) I think it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, obviously know their sun sign, but I don't think ever go into the other parts of your chart, which do speak a lot more into the details and to understanding, you know, who you are in astrology as a person. Yeah. I've noticed more and more people are, are figuring those, those big three out now because it's become so trendy and, and it's really helpful. Like as an icebreaker, if you are trying to get to know people, it's, it's fantastic tool. I, I mean, I've been to, and what's also interesting, I've been to astrology conferences that of course, Everybody knows all their things there, but what they do is they put a, a name, your name tag, and you put your big three on the name tag. Wow. And then when you're walking around at a conference where you don't know anybody, you can very quickly see who you're going to be compatible with. Um, and what what's really interesting is I noticed that you know when you you sit down to lunch just randomly at conferences where you know everybody's in a big banquet hall, inevitably wherever I would sit. I would naturally have one of the big three in common with everyone at the table of eight, wow. which was so crazy. Yeah. That's so interesting. I So I lived in, obviously we're from Mississippi, but I moved to Hawaii after college and going from being at Ole Miss where no one really talked about astrology, a lot of people thought it was just too woo, to moving to Hawaii and I'd meet people and they would say, oh, well, you know, what are your signs? What are your big three? And I was just like, yeah. wow, this is so interesting to be around people that actually know this and value it. And it is such a good way to connect. And if anything, just an icebreaker to a conversation. Totally, totally. So now that we have a deeper understanding about our signs, moon, rising, and sun, what are some ways that we can integrate just astrology into our everyday lives to help us make decisions? Well, so I would say one of the really easy ways is to follow the new and full moons. Um because they're so, you know, they're every two weeks, they're in a different sign almost every time, not every time, but it helps to, to sort of watch, okay, what, what is going on in my life? Let's say in the new moon period that, um, I feel like I need to really contemplate and pivot and begin in a new direction and, and just kind of notice how you are being activated around the new and full moons and use them in the case of the new moon, you know, to start a new chapter in this particular area of life that that new moon is activating. In the case of the full moons, notice where am I really feeling vulnerable? Where am I feeling really emotional? Where am I feeling supercharged? What am I noticing needs to be released? Um, What am I completing? What cycle is ending? And that's a really simple way. I mean, I think that, you know, once you have an understanding of the sun, moon, and rising, 
I always guide my clients to study the moon sign first. It just really gives you a deep sense of, you know, self-compassion and self-awareness. You know, where you're triggered is going to be your moon sign, where you feel um, that you need the most care it's going to be your moon sign. So using that and just kind of reading up on those pieces of your personality is going to get you in touch really quickly with how effective astrology is as a tool for self-awareness in day-to-day life, like kind of figuring out, you know, what is being activated for you at any particular day. I always guide people to use the moon. It's just really easy. And you can buy almanacs that show you what sign the moon is in. And the moon changes signs every two and a half days. And once you tune into that, it it really becomes clear. Like I can see, you know, right now for my almanac, the moon is in the sign of Taurus and it's squaring Venus and Mars. And so knowing that my, you know, Taurus in my chart is in the career sector, I can expect to have more engagement, emotional engagement in my career on the days that the moon is in Taurus. When the moon moves into Gemini for me, that's going to be a day that I'm probably going to look to do more social media because it'll be in the house that represents social media. When the sign, when the moon is in your rising sign, you can expect to need a little bit more rest, a little bit more self care. It's a nice time to kind of take, do things that are like nurturing for yourself. So it's just an easy way to, you know, tune in to how the, the, the energies of, the planets really affect you personally. Um, and then, you know, when you notice that there's a Mercury retrograde, just kind of paying attention to what is going on in your life when you find out there's a Mercury retrograde, it will give you a sense of how sensitive to that kind of energy you are. And it it's just kind of freaky at first to see how mm-hmm. astrology manifests in real life. So, yeah, I mean, I do you... Do you all notice any changes in your lives that are tied to, say, Mercury retrograde? Or like, what have you guys noticed when you've been paying attention to astrology? Absolutely. I, well, I feel like first Mercury retrograde has become a just kind of a trendy thing to say, mm-hmm. especially through social media and TikTok. Um, but and people just kind of, you know, oh, it must be Mercury retrograde, all these things are going on. But I feel like since I've started paying attention to it more closely, I've realized the difference that it actually is making in my career, my emotional life, especially kind of having hot and cold emotions around that time um, that it's going on. So I feel like it's different every time, but I've tried to be more aware of what exactly in my life it's pertaining to. Mm-hmm. So Sarah, Caroline, you are going to notice those moons a lot more than your sister, honestly, mm-hmm. because you have a cancer moon and you're, um, you're, so you're a Pisces cancer moon and a Virgo, wait, Virgo rising. Virgo. Yes. Virgo sun. Yes. Yeah. So you're, <laughs> you are actually going to notice the full new and full moons, the eclipses and the Mercury retrogrades more than Allie because Mm -hmm. of your Virgo rising being ruled by Mercury and your moon being ruled by the moon. Definitely. And I feel that way as well. I'm very sensitive to energy and like 
I feel like every time there's something major going on in astrology, I have to immediately tell Allie, I'm like, I have to look up what's going on right now because I just feel it so strongly. And I'm also a super big empath. So I feel like that leads into it as well. I just feel like the energy of others and my surroundings super easily. So I feel like that all tracks for sure. And it makes sense that you live on an island, you know, with all that water in your chart, you're going to feel better with being surrounded by water. You know, that's just going to be your, your element. Definitely. I actually just recently moved um, to San Diego, California. So I was living in Hawaii and I moved to San Diego. And between Hawaii and San Diego, I was living in Italy and there was like not a lot of nature, not any water. I felt super landlocked and I remember just feeling so off. And then as soon as I moved to San Diego, back in my kind of ocean element close to the water, I feel already so much better. So I can tell that as well. And it definitely played a big role. And when I decided where I wanted to move, a lot of places were off the table for me because I was like, oh, I can't be there. There's no water. Yeah, I can imagine. And the other piece of your chart, so you're sun sign Pisces and a Virgo rising. I'm sorry, I keep yes. asking. Um, yes, I'm a Virgo. I'm a um, Pisces sun, Virgo moon, Cancer rising. Oh, Virgo moon. Okay. So, um, so the Saturn in Pisces is a big deal. For, for your sign. So it, mm. it does suggest that like, you know, bringing structure into your life and having, te- you know, being tested, honestly, being tested, um, the, the integrity of all of the systems in your life being kind of tested so that you're able to bring more um, stability, integrity, groundedness, mm-hmm. and mastery into your life is really going to be a signature for the, you know, between now and honestly, mid 2025. Wow. Yes, I definitely, I think I'm in that era for myself as well, especially moving to California. This was like my time to find some structure after a lot of chaos and moving around. So I definitely Mm. feel that. That's good. Yeah. Saturn doesn't have to be super, a big downer. It can actually be really stabilizing, especially for a person who has so much water in their chart. Mm -hmm. Saturn can feel kind of like um, that anchor, you know, that kind Mm -hmm. of keeps you grounded. Absolutely. That's so interesting. I love to hear that. And um, the next question that we have, I think kind of goes hand in hand with this a little bit, but what does it mean for a planet to be in a sign? I feel like we hear this a lot, you know, Mercury's in Gemini, and a lot of people, including myself, just really don't completely understand that. Yeah. So the planets are obviously orbiting at all all times, right? And they move at different speeds and they're in different parts of the sky. And from our perspective on Earth, the ancients, so the Babylonians that studied these, what they called wandering stars, because they couldn't, they didn't have telescopes back then. They just noticed what they noticed when they were in the night at night in the looking at the sky. Mm -hmm. So they noticed certain trends and certain themes, um, being present when these wandering stars were in different parts of the sky and Mm -hmm. they assigned, so they, they assigned the star clusters, the constellations, to different um, like different domains of different gods. Um, and so when we say Mercury is in Gemini, we mean that Mercury is moving through the star cluster or what 
in Babylonian times and ancient times used to be the star cluster mm-hmm. of Gemini. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is because of the way that the what's called the precession of the equinoxes, the way that the earth is tilting, okay, ever so slightly, there are two different modes of astrology. One is called using the tropical system. One is called the sidereal system. The sidereal system is actually looking at planets where they are in the sky in any given moment. The Mm -hmm. tropical system is actually based on the, where the sun, where the sun is at the moment of first day of spring. And so even though we say Mercury is in Gemini, it's in Gemini based on this other seasonal system and not on, this is where it gets a little woo, not where the constellation of Gemini actually is. So you may sometimes see debates on social media around why the tropical system of astrology is not actually true and that the sidereal system is more accurate. The truth of the matter is both systems work. One is based on an ancient calculation. One is based on the actual location in the moment. And and that's tropical system is what most Western astrologers use. The sidereal system is really more popular with Vedic astrologers, which is mostly Mm -hmm. in India. That's a long-winded way of saying when we say Mercury is in Gemini, we mean an area of the sky that houses that zodiac sign, Gemini. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like that's something I've always been a little confused about as well. And it's just when you break down the basics, it becomes a lot easier to kind of grasp and understand, especially for me. Well, good. That's helpful. So what are some of your favorite resources, apps, Instagram pages, books to learn more about astrology? If people are listening to this um, conversation, they want to dive deeper into how astrology is affecting their life. Well, so if you're absolutely brand new to astrology and you don't know any of the symbols or signs or anything, I recommend the Pattern app, which, you know, I was a little skeptical at first, but then I started looking at it and I really think it's high integrity, very, you know, the woman who is behind it is is very well trained and it's a really good introduction to psychological astrology. Um, you know, I love Chani, who is, you know, kind of an astrology superstar. She has an app as well. That's very good, basic, you know, again, high quality astrology. Um, The astrology podcast, which is a pretty popular, it's a little bit more technical, a little bit more intense uh, because the guy who does it, Chris Brennan is like a super Scorpio with like a super Saturn placement, but he is extremely well-versed in, in traditional astrology, which has become quite trendy. Another astrologer I like is um, Alan Elbas. I believe this is how he says his name. Mm-hmm. And he does a, a podcast called uh, Nightlight Astrology. But those are good places to start. Um, I have a book that I recommend to a lot of clients. It's an older book. But it so beautifully articulates the signs in the context of the North and South Node, but it's still a really good way 
to understand the sort of exalted versions of every sign and the shadow versions. And that book is called The Astrology for the Soul by mm-hmm. Jan Spiller. And that you can get on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I feel like it's always interesting to hear our guests' resources because it's a lot of things that I've never heard of. And then I immediately after our interviews go and get them and start reading myself. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And just to close out our interview, um, how can people find you and what services do you offer through your business? So um, I am really active on Instagram. My handle is Gina Piccolo Astrology. And I do weekly lives that are, I call them weekly astro. We do um, forecasting for the week ahead. I also have a Patreon membership Again, it's called Gina Piccolo Astrology, where I do horoscopes for every sign. I offer a monthly download so you can see without knowing any astrology kind of every day of the month. I I have a little calendar I create. I also do monthly um, webinars on the astrology of the month ahead. Mm -hmm. And I also have a sub stack called The Exalted, where I kind of try to blend journalism and astrology uh, to look at astrology through the lens of culture. Mm -hmm. And the services I offer, I do one-on-one readings and I um, have a program where it's basically a coaching program using astrology. It's called Align and Thrive. You can find out a lot about that on my website, Gina Piccolo Astrology, where I work with people um, for three-month increments. So uh, we meet once a month for an hour And then we kind of keep the conversation going through email to help problem solve around a particular issue. So, and then I have some clients that I just work ongoing with monthly. And so if someone, for example, I have a lot of actor clients and they're kind of in it right now because of the strike. And so they will, um, will problem solve around things on our hour long, uh, consultation, but then If something comes up and they need a good, what's called election or a day that the astrology is really favorable for a particular event, they'll just email me and say, Hey, I need to do this audition on what, you know, I have this option, which day is better. I can look at their chart and give them a really clear suggestion on, you know, the most auspicious times and days to do whatever it is they're trying to be successful at. That is so interesting. I want to book a session with you and learn more about my chart as well, because I feel like I'm a little bit newer in the astrology game as Allie. Allie is kind of the one that led me into this realm, and I just have a lot of questions. So I'll definitely look into that, and we will link your website and socials Um, in our show notes. So if anyone's listening to this and they would like to work with you, they can just easily find you there. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Gina, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for bearing with our technology issues and for sharing your knowledge. This has been such a great episode. I've learned so much from you and I know that everyone else listening to this will feel the same way. Thank you. It was my pleasure. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Take care.